Hello, everyone, and welcome to another new perspective, the podcast that brings you wisdoms and perspectives from all walks of life. Yeah, so um, Matt, I own uh, Triangle Imports in Raleigh, um, Matt O'Rourke, um, and uh, we've done a couple of these, and I've loved all of them. Um, today, I think the biggest thing for me that's been on my mind, it's been on my mind for weeks, I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago, Yeah, the grind of entrepreneurship is gone. Yeah, young people, and I say young people like I'm 88 years old. I'm 34. I'm not 88. Right. I'm 40. Yeah, so it's not like I'm not. We're not drastically different. Yeah. But the point is, is that there is a, and I, I hear people argue, is it the Instagram generation? Is it Starbucks? Who's to blame for it? But the point is, is that I see. I want. I want. I want. I'm an entrepreneur. I I want to create my own. I want to have my own. But then it comes to really getting tight on things, doing something like you did where you you were negative and you said, I'm going all in and I'm rolling the dice on myself, in, chips in. Fucking, yeah. whether, it, whether it was me and I, I made a decision to, to jettison a large, a large percentage of our, of our um, intake financially because it didn't agree with my philosophy, whatever it is scared money doesn't make money and i think that that's such a statement that you know a lot of people will say of a, a lot of different persuasions but the point is is that you got to be willing to go fight for it what's well, the seek yeah we don't like i talk to a lot of my clients about this because if you look at um most of like workouts right. programming or anything like that or anything even our even our world right now yeah everything is brought to you yep all the workouts you do are brought to you. We're, we're flexing. We're, we're compressing. We're doing exactly. all these things, right? What do we do in the fucking forest? Right. We, we sought after food. We chased things. We climbed things. We jumped things. We reached for things, right? Like, exactly. We, we were seeking survival. We were seeking things. And now you've created a world of such insane levels of convenience right. that everything comes to you. Yes. You don't have to move anymore. Right. Right, I can do all the things I want to do on my Instagram mm-hmm. and hope money comes to me. Right, because I'm doing the work. Yep. Well, you're not engaged. You're not. You're not experiencing the work. Right. You're doing one one small facet of the work. Right. And, and you can do sleep on your fucking couch. Right. All day. Exactly. And my my whole thing is when I when I look when I look at the Instagram stuff when I look at the understanding. I mean. Take Instagram, for example. I know we're picking on Instagram, but the point is is that there are a lot of people that do Instagram right. I like to consider us being one of them. I like to consider you being one of them because we, we put together the content, which is the actual work, to go out and get it into an environment where the people that care about what we have to say can see it. Well, I think that's doing Instagram right. I think what's doing Instagram wrong is taking a picture of a beach you've never been to Oh, yeah. At a point in time that you weren't even alive, and presenting it as something that you need to look at this because what I do makes you look, feel, sound, want to be or have this picture. What's well, that's bullshit? I mean, what what are you telling me about you in that picture? Oh, you mean like the people that are like flexing? Like yes. They call it now flexing your like your private planes and your right. and whatever and like this is this is entrepreneurship. Right. Like, you're not you're not creating content to create value for the person seeing it. Right. 
and you know, I, I, this, this, the whole, the whole um, Instagram thing. I got on it again last night. I was watching something Gary Gary Vee was talking about, and he was talking about creating content on Instagram, and he's, and his point was very similar to yours, which is, are you creating bullshit? Or are you creating content to tell a story to people that want to actually hear it? Yeah. Not everyone's going to want to hear what you have to say. Not everybody's going to want to hear what I have to say. Right, there's 7 billion right. of us. Right, and like I, there, there's going to be a niche amount of people exactly. that want to hear what you actually have to say. And and the difference is, is that are you willing, are you writing, or are you making content, or are you making audio or a podcast or whatever it is, for anyone in that particular, in any particular space or any particular yeah. niche? Yeah, there's not to be a you're not gonna you're not gonna appeal to everybody, right? No, there's no way. And and there there's not a there's no reason to make that effort. I mean, there's a lot of people that listen to me and they they um they like what what I put out there. There's a lot of people that don't, and you know what? I'm okay with that because again, we're not going to appeal to everybody. But my point is is more that it's it's a it's a symptom of a bigger problem. The bigger problem is is that entrepreneurship has turned into I graduated college. Where's the job? I've gra- I've I've right, raised. They still want the job given to them. Right. They still want this thing given to them, even though like that's not the point. Well, no, it's not. And I even have a problem with the way Silicon Valley does things. To be honest, well, because they throw money at it. They, have they so do. Much fucking money. They just throw it at everything. There's people like... that are that are professional investment earners yeah. for companies that haven't made a dime. And I say to myself, okay. What percent? And I looked at it, and and I read an article on what percentage of the companies that are invested in to you know twenty thirty million dollar caps that have not showed an ounce of work or revenue. Right. What <laughs> right. is? How many of those make it out of Silicon Valley in name recognition? It's like four. Well, of course, because they haven't had to do anything to get your money. Right. But why are they going to start doing it money. now? You have so much money, you're just throwing like, right. I think I think uh, someone was saying like New York and Silicon Valley like the lowest number they'll even throw at you is like not even a million dollars is like pennies to it's them. nothing like, like that's all you, like, we don't want to work with you right. because you only need a million dollars right like, I built my shit on fucking Square loans yep the first I, I was just telling somebody about this the other day the first Square loan I got the first fucking capital I ever used to like start this was eight hundred dollars mm-hmm. yeah. And then it was twelve hundred, and then it was seventeen hundred, and then it was twenty two hundred, and then twenty eight hundred, and then thirty four hundred, and then forty nine hundred. Now, and now, now, you did know, you did you pay back every step of the every way? Every single Is that one. A, I yep. paid every because yep. because I can't get the next one. To it's the first it's paid it's off. the right way to do it. And when you're gonna do it like that, it's the right way to do it. So I just it kept really paying is. off my eight hundred dollars, and I paid off my twelve hundred dollars, and I paid off my and then you just keep building. And they just gave me my my new one, and yeah, my rent isn't technically at zero. I'm not right. cash positive. No. But you know it's back in my control. Yep, it, it's it's hundred percent in my control, and I'm back even enough to where I can pay my rent now going forward. Yep, that included March's rent. Yeah, that wasn't back rent. That's cool. He said my landlord told me he goes he because he's fucking worked with me incredibly. I mean, mm-hmm. sorry, with nothing. Yeah, he knew I had nothing. Right. But for him to come in here knowing I was two and a half months behind, he goes, "All right, here's our goal." He goes, "I need you because if you're less than a month behind, it only comes to me." Right. Once you're two months behind, I have to answer questions. Of right. People. Yep. Yep. So you have 30 days to get it less than 30 days behind. Right. Well, in 30 days, I got it completely to zero. Yep. That's that's so, the way to do it, man. So I mean, now, now I'm going to go through April. Now I have this breathing room yep. where I'm like, I still have to fucking hustle. Of course. I still have to make April's rent. Yep. 
but business is picking up. Yep. Like things are happening. That changed just just the the belief factor from that guy in London. Mm-hmm. For sure. Being part of all these things now that people are like, we respect you enough that we want you to be part of this thing. It's yeah. really important. Yeah. Right? So your belief system increases. Yep. And now I'm caught back up on rent, and I'm just like, it's it's a feeling. Exactly. And that's entrepreneurship. Yep. That, that's that. You're like Gary Vee, I don't remember what guy he was talking to. He's like, it's not, entrepreneurship isn't about taking risks. Right. It's about a feeling. You're functioning on the feeling of freedom, the yep. feeling of does my gut instinct, does my intuition tell me that what I'm about to do is the right thing? Because And I think it makes this point in there. It almost eliminates the feeling of risk when you feel it in your gut. Like mm-hmm. to everyone around you, the decisions that you're making are risky are as shit. They're yeah. like, whoa. Why, why are you doing this? Right. But the point is, is that when, when entrepreneurial types feel that gut go, well, they're not questioning after that. They get it and they're gone. That's where they're going. Right. right. There's that. There's only the plan A. Exactly. There's exactly. not like I had this feeling, but I'm not sure if it's the right feeling. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start it, and then maybe Plan B looks yep. better. So I'm gonna kind of do Plan A until it doesn't work. Right. There's and, not. You're you're fucking hitting the ground. You're going. Right. And you know, inter- interesting spot because you know, I had a similar feeling not too long ago. We hosted a. A large event at the History Museum for the the Audi Audi Car Club. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember it went incredibly well. And I got to the, you know, the, all the planning went well. I communicated with everybody. We got, we got food there. We got drinks there. We rented out the space at the museum, got a good deal on it, you know, but we did it in a way that was completely different than how the car club had done events because they had all been at shops or at a place like, or an automotive related thing. This was not that this was, we're bringing in an historian to talk about this. Where do you listen to an historian at a history museum? So let's pay it, bring food in, bring as many people as we can get in there. And I can remember getting to a point at about 10 o'clock in the morning where I'm starting to get that, and it wasn't, I wasn't. This is the 10 a.m. before the. Yeah, the, before like the, the day, day of. of the event, yeah. And I am starting to get to that point where it's like, I've done all I can do. 100% of what I can do, yeah. I've done it. Yeah. And I remember at that point that there was this battle within me that's like, how many people are going to show up to this thing? And what you're thinking to yourself is, you've done everything you can do. Everyone that comes is going to go crazy about it because you took this thing to the nines as far as these go. Yeah. But the thing about it is, is that I believed in the system. I believed in the process that we created, and it was awesome. The point is, is that if anyone believes that there wasn't a moment, you know, between the ten and eleven o'clock hour where the museum staff is taking care of this, you know, the the guys here, he's got his speech, he's ready, everything's ready to go, the food people are there. That I wasn't shitting myself a little bit has no idea about these things because it happens. Right. Well, that's the that's the world of event planning. Yeah, I've lived that. I've lived that world for yep. most of my life, where all you can do is put as many variables together as possible, yep. and just hope that everything. Even if in my world in an event, eighty five percent of it went off without a hitch. Yeah. 
the people that are there are so distracted they're not going to notice right. the 15% right. that right didn't exactly exactly and I tell people all the time when I'm like talking to women about their weddings and stuff mm-hmm. like that I was like you were worried about some of the shit that the people coming to your wedding won't ever even fucking know it was supposed to happen yeah yep they're not even they don't even care exactly you're overwhelming about it because it's your event yep so you want this thing to go off perfectly yep so that's that feeling. Exactly. That's that like, whoa, did I get everything that I need today? And, and I mean, you know, the, the point is, is I had, I had 40 or 50 people that, you know, either emailed me or texted me or called me or whatever that were like, oh my God, this is great. This is awesome. You know, it was a great event. How much did that cost you? Why did you do it like that? Whatever, whatever. And I'm like, to me, none of the third or fourth questions really matter. What did it cost? How long did it take? How many people right. did it take to set up? You're talking Be- about people that attended the event. Right. Okay. Because what was important to me was what was your initial response when you left? That's what I cared about. Right. When you left, did you feel like the Saturday morning between 1130 and 2 was something that you're going to come and do again the next time we do one? Because we wanted to kind of open up our relationship with this organization on a high note. That's it. That's all I care about. Right. The organization got a pop. We got a big <clears throat> pop. And everybody enjoyed themselves. And the point is, is that not everybody's going to do it that way. And I don't blame them for that. Well, it's, no. I mean, they're, they're, you either want to. Right. Or you have the resources to. Yep. Or a myriad of other things. Yep. But in the way I would look at that, it was like, you know, I'm trying to wow somebody. Mm-hmm. And if I pull, not that it's about marketing. Right. But it's kind of about marketing yeah. a little bit. And that's just... I think a business, everything is about marketing. Everything is marketing. Because you're trying to, and I think that's what people miss. So like in here, I I build these relationships with people. Right. These deep-seated like relationships, like these like, um, my clients to me are Mm -hmm. like friends. Yes. In a way, right? I don't give them hugs when they leave or or anything like that. They're not like, hey, buddy, like how's it going? But like, you genuinely care. Right. And I feel that they genuinely can tell that I care. And we create this thing. Yeah, and it and it goes it goes a long way. So it's I not mean, marketing, right? In the sense of the true sense of marketing, right? Where I'm trying to like kind of scam you into coming, right? Into my exactly, business, exactly. Right, like right. I want to do this really cool thing for you guys and see what you think about it. Right. And you know, I I look at it from from the standpoint of the marketing angle of the fact that you know what's your what's your reason i mean and you and i have had this conversation before in in different ways what's your what's your quote-unquote reason like when you go to do something what's your primary reason my primary reason for that event for example was to put on was to put on something that i feel is the way that these events need to go in order to grow raleigh in this particular organization well obviously if you're having an uh, an event for an Audi club. Yep. Well, to an Audi club. I'm yeah. saying Audi, right? Yeah, yeah, you got it. You know, um, that's your demographic. Right. Right? I know they're like car guys. Yep. And they're going to go to a shop and have a, a, a thing or whatever. Yeah. But they're also like the demographic of somebody that, that truly cares enough to buy an Audi. Yep. And care for it and be part of a car club and all these things mm-hmm. are going to be that demographic right. anyways. Right. Right, you're looking for refinement. You're looking for somebody that, that that truly cares about the intricate details of something. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, for for me, I mean, and going going off of that for a minute, I mean, I don't think it's any different in 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 my primary point of of 
you know, the grinding for, for what you want. And I know it's a, such a broad, I mean, listen, I go on Instagram and somebody's at the gym and they're quote unquote grinding. And then someone's, someone's overseas fighting a war and there's pictures or quotes of them grinding. Grinding is whatever it means to whoever you're talking to. But the right, point you call is, it the hustle, you right, call it the grind, you call it... whatever you want to call it. But the point is, is that I find that entrepreneurs now, and I hate to use a term that, that if you watch Shark Tank or get on Instagram or whatever it is, the whole like wantrepreneur aspect, that is a real thing. And it, it, it what it means essentially to me is when the negative, when the, when the perceived from the outside negatives, quote unquote, start happening to an entrepreneur, when you then change what you're doing, that's when you're no longer, in my opinion, or you you fall out of that entrepreneur category. There's a lot of people that have disagreed with things that I've done. I mean, yeah. a lot of people. And I mean, I put myself in a position where, okay, you know what, I feel good about it. I'm gonna do this, and whatever goes on around me in the process happens, and I'll react to it, but in in whatever way it needs to be reacted, given my position. But I'm not gonna change what I'm doing. Right, you've made the choice. Exactly, you made the decision. That's I mean, like, that's like when I signed the lease last mm-hmm. March. Like, I made the decision. I, I signed the lease. I built a giant fucking brick wall behind me. Yep. That's a hundred feet long in both directions. Yep. And you're going, well, there's only one way to go now. Yeah. Is, is that way. Yeah. I mean... And whatever's going to come at you, whatever's going to get thrown at you, you're just going to figure it out. Right. Right. And I mean, my whole thing is, is, is you know, I had a... I, I And this is... I'm going to pull something else from Gary Vee, but the point is, is he made a comment about how to have a conversation with an entrepreneur about entrepreneurship is not walking into a conversation complaining about having no money and you don't know how to get it with a $7 cup of coffee in your hand. Yes. No, and exactly. that and exactly. that is my thing or driving a a three-time refinance Mercedes-Benz also not the way to come into a conversation. Because if if you don't know how to do the things that are going to get you to wanting that, what you're essentially doing is you're essentially making the wrong decisions to impress people that you don't even like. Right, or to, no, or right, anything. Like, right. To impress people that you don't like to buy, a, to, to buy whether it's a car or a home or whatever it is, that you would never pick up one of these people in or let into your house or any of these things. But your primary goal as an entrepreneur, quote-unquote, is to impress the people that happen to stumble upon your Instagram page or happen to see you driving downtown on the way home, or happen to stop you at a light and look and say, oh, that's what he's driving. Right. Okay? I mean, oh, I, he must be making it. Right, because, exactly. Like, you know, he's driving that. And, and you get home, and you really and you what you really figure out is, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to put seven people, seven other people's professional photographs on my Instagram. I'm going to go to sleep. Or I'm going to go out and blow my money, whatever it is. Yeah. But the point is... Getting and I'm not going to say that there aren't some wildly rare successful entrepreneurs that you know hit the ground running and they don't stumble real hard. I don't know any of them, yeah. but I I'm sure there's one or two out there. The point is is that I think you don't learn about entrepreneurship or are you an entrepreneur or not? Right. A and, lot of people think they're an entrepreneur, but they're actually a business owner. Well, right. And then the right. question is, the the whole reason that, that I think 
you, me, them have a hard time defining it early is because it's very, I think it's impossible, but I would argue it's very difficult to decide, to make that, to discern which you are until you hit the pothole. Right. What do you do? Right. Are you going to, that's the whole like um, business, I was trying to, in my head, I was like, wait, business owner. Because mm-hmm. there's a vast difference between sure. like, you are a business owner, you're an entrepreneur. Right. Right? Because in my mind, if the business fails, the business failed. Right. And then they, they lock it up, they pack it up, and they go do something else again. Yep. But an entrepreneur wouldn't pack it up. Right. They're like, no, I'm not, this This is my thing. This is what I'm building. Right. This is, my, this is what I'm creating. Yep. Because... To me, entrepreneurship is more about creation. Oh, for sure. It's it's the creative power of us. I think it's all. Fil- I think it's all. I think it's all a. Ph- it's more of a philosophy than it is like a business idea. Yeah. You know. It's, not. it's like um, the way I've always, I, I said this a year or so ago, and it came to me the other day because I was down at Mojo's at mm-hmm. two in the afternoon having a burger. Yeah. And it was my car and two other cars in the whole parking lot. Uh huh. And I'm sitting there out there outside by myself, sun in my face. It was beautiful out. I was like eating my food and. Uh, I was texting a buddy of mine because him and I always get burgers together. Yeah. I was like, man, we got you out of that place. I was like, you gotta, you gotta come out and play with us outside yeah. here, you know. Yeah. And what I had said before in the past, I was like, entrepreneurship is like having gone to recess and never went back to school. Right. Yeah. Well, you were no, the, you were the kid that's yeah. still out of recess. Yep. When everybody else is sitting at their desk. Exactly. They had gone back to school. The bell rang, and you're going, Yeah, I'm not going. I'll to see this. you later. Like, yeah, yeah. why would I leave this? Right. Like, why am I going? Like. We're at fucking recess. Yeah. We're, we're, we're on the playground. Like, why do you want to go back to your class? Like, exactly. that's crazy. When you can just stay out here with us. Right. And I think the, the, the most disappointing conversations I've had with people, and I've, I've reached that point in my life where I feel a little bit aged by the fact that people come up to me and they're like, you, you know, how do you do it? What do you, what's your drive behind it? All this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I've, I've, been, I've been doing this long enough to have the people that I, that I surround myself with recognize what I am and ask me about it. And I like that. Um, but the point is, is that they'll say to me something about their viewpoints of entrepreneurship. Like, do you do it for the money? And I'm like, hell no. No, or, you, can't, or, you can't do it for the money. No. The money is fucking, it's a ghost. Yeah. Or, or do you do it, you. do you do it for, you know, what you drive? And I'm like, I drive, I drive a Jeep Grand Cherokee and I'm pretty happy with it. Like I enjoy it. Do I go off-roading? No, it's just pretty cool. Yeah. So it's a Jeep, whatever. <clears throat> Um, you know, do you do it for, you know, going and flying, you know, first class or all these other things? And I'm like, I'm so disappointed with the, with the, with, I guess the first person version of, or story of entrepreneurship being put out there. Because what it, what, what, so what, what, what do I get out of it? Right. What's in it for me? Exactly. The WIFM, what's right. in it for me? And I mean, my whole thing is you do it because... Doing anything else would drive you insane. Well, I can't imagine go back to like, I listen to what Brie talks about with going to her job. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's like, she goes, nobody wants to fucking work. Yeah. Everybody's on their phones. Yep. Like, nobody will like, like, you're realizing like you're carrying, when you start to care more than the owner of the mm-hmm. company, you've crossed a line that is, you're never going to feel comfortable there again. Right. Because you've literally crossed the, over the border of, Here's some great ideas, and the other going, well, I can't, I don't feel comfortable implementing them. Yeah, yeah. Like, for one, using your phone behind the counter in front of customers. Right. That's just insane. You're insane. literally saying that. Sorry, I don't think we can implement that. Right. You're. I don't. I don't. 
I can't wrap my head around that. Right. Right? You're like, and I was just talking to a guy that, he owns the pharmacy in Cary. It's the bottle shop. Over okay, there. cool. Um, and I was in there, I just stopped in there. I hadn't been there in like probably over a year. Yeah. And I stopped in there and he happened to be in there and we were talking and I brought the phone thing up. He goes, yeah, ours, everybody's in here, they're locked up in their lockers for eight right. hours. Yeah. If you need something, like you need to go check on it or like you have some shit going on. Yeah. Then that's fine. Yeah. But being an adult about it, right. you go know, like, here's this thing. I'm not, it's not going to rule my life. Right. I'm here to do a job. Yep. Right. And it's like, I'm here to do a job. Here's what my job is. Like, and you have, you run the system. Yep. And that's what she says. Like, I just want to come in and do my job. Right. I want to come in and do exactly what I'm supposed to do while I'm here. Yep. And you all do what you are supposed to do exactly. while you're here. And we all have a great time and we all go home. Yep. And, that's and, not the case. You know, it's, what what I find the most interesting is my, my favorite thing right now is I've got three or four people in my life that are in jobs and they're feeling that sort of, I care more about this than anybody else in the building. And what, what they're realizing is, and what I have to tell them is things that I, I saw bits and pieces of along the way of knowing these people for as long as I've known them. And I say, you're getting as mad about these things because you're not in the wrong job. You're in the wrong, you're in the wrong, I call it the wrong profession because you're not, you're not the type of person that was built and designed to work for somebody and go after someone else or, and go after someone else's job and someone else's else's politics. Right. Right. Like you're building someone else's thing. Exactly. You're, you're the type of person that was designed to take everything from the head, from the head on position and run with it. You're an entrepreneur. You're not an you're not an employee. Yeah. And I'm not gonna say anything wrong with being an employee. No, Some people love it. No, it's like not. you know what? I make I make good money. I'm my benefits. I'm taken care of. Steady. Awesome. Great. If that's if that's you, do that the best you can. But my point is is that I'm running into people regularly, and these are older guys, you know, 28 year old girls, whatever it is, and they, and they're finding themselves in a position that it's like. Nothing makes me happy because you're work. You're you're doing somebody else's bidding, or at worst, you're doing you're picking up the slack for the people around you that really don't give a shit. Right, you're doing all the work that nobody else wants yep, to do. Exactly, because you care so much about that business and that company. Yep, and your own work ethic. Yeah, that you're willing to pick up all the other shit that everybody else isn't yep. doing to hold up. You're like shoring up the whole thing yourself. Exactly. And Bree, she's like, she comes home, she goes. I'm the only one that cares. I'm yeah. the only one that works. You know, I'm like that. That's the thing is, like, yeah. Nobody, everybody cares just enough to keep their job. Yep, exactly. I mean, and it's, you know, I, I look at it, and I mean, you've you've been in situations where you've worked with people. I mean, I've got I've got several employees, and what I know, I mean, I know who my employees are. Okay, I mean, that's one of the things that I pay attention to. I, I'm very aware of who was my, who are my guys when the chips are down. If the building burned to the ground tomorrow, I'd have sixty percent of my staff, because everyone else would be like, "Okay, that that didn't work, so I'll I'll go here." If the I, I'm fortunate to be able to say that I'd have sixty percent of my staff, if the building burned down tomorrow, because they would be relying on the fact that I would come up with a plan to make sure they could eat. Yeah, and that's the thing. But the point is, is that. Being aware of who the people are around you, I think, plays such a huge role in entrepreneurship or just having a job, whatever whatever the different ways are. And, I mean, my favorite is the people that work for the benefits and, and work for the stability and work for all these things and then get home and put 
the pictures of the private jets on Instagram. And it's like, you know what? If you don't want to be an entrepreneur, that doesn't make me mad. If you want to be an entrepreneur, that doesn't make me mad either. If you want to try to continue to find the ways to not make progress in being an entrepreneur, but still get the benefit of doing it, that's where I get pissed off. But what is the benefit? Well, that's what. What really is the benefit if you're, if it's money you're seeking, or mm-hmm. if it's fame you're seeking, or it's it's whatever? Like I, I think you've missed the point. You've been entirely. You you fucking missed the entire fucking thing. The, the boat has left and you are not on it. Yes. Like that sort of thing. Yes. Because to me, like when I first started, I was like. I was on Instagram. I was like, I had pages just for like seeing what the billionaires. I wanted to, I yep. wanted to like, it's like this is what I want. Yeah, like, this is what I'm working for. And then you get like a year or so into it, and you realize like, fuck, this is really long. Yeah. And then as you keep going, you realize that what drives you, what what pulls you along, right? So yep. like, it's a feeling. And I think I brought it up before that when I try to explain it to people that have never really done it or ever even like remotely thought about it, right. And I said it to a client earlier, and I'm going to, because I, I just remember this, because I was like, think of, because um, I was trying to get her to, to set a goal for walking. Sure. Right? Because that's what we're working on. Yeah. She, the doctor said, well, just walk normal. I'm like, of course. Yeah. I'm sure she'd fucking love to walk normal. Right, right. That's the whole problem. Yeah. You didn't give her anything <laughs> so to fucking, stupid. right? I'm like, I'm not throwing any doctors on there. No. But I'm saying, like, if a client hasn't been able to do anything for two years because she had her knee replaced and she can't walk, and, and your your best advice is to say, "We'll just fucking walk normal." It's it's, it's ridiculous. I'm like, I just want to fucking punch you. <laughs> so, so I'm helping her, and she's like, "Well, I was hoping because of the stuff we've been working on, mm-hmm. I was like hoping I could walk the block, right? The four points, and yeah, the four corners, what she called right. it earlier." And I was like, "Well, maybe you're not up to the four corners yet. Maybe you're up to one corner." Yeah. Right? So start it going from your house to one corner. Mm-hmm. Right? And know what what's your point. Is it right. the corner? Maybe you can't get to the corner. Maybe you walk to this mailbox. Right. Right. But you're going to leave walking in faith, mm-hmm. knowing that that mailbox, unless there's an extreme act of God, right. is still there right. every single day when you leave your house, even though you can't see it. Right. That that mailbox is still going to be there. And you leave your house in faith knowing that that mailbox that you can't see is still going to be there. Right. Well, what's the difference in entrepreneurship? You wake up every day with this feeling of faith. Yep. Right? Whether you want to call it a religion, whether you want to, like, Jobs said it best. He yep. goes, you have to have faith in something. Right. Exactly. Whether it's numbers or the universe or God or Jesus or whoever you want. Right. There, There's a faith that, this is what I was, I guess the point I was making is mm-hmm. like, unless you've done it. Right. Something wakes you up in the morning. Yeah. Something... If, if there was no end point, right. if there was no feeling of an end point or that you're walking in the right direction, you're walking blindly in right. the fucking dark. Nobody's done any of this shit. Right. So you're walking blindly into the dark, not knowing where you're going, and something, after a certain point in time, wakes you up in the morning and says, hey, we got to get back on the trail. Yeah, we got we, we got to go. get going. You, yeah. got, you got some shit to work on today. Exactly. You're like, okay, got to go. Like no, I no idea what you're walking into, and I mean the faith thing is such a, is such a good point, and I think, you know, waking waking up in the morning and and feeling that and for me it's 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 always like for me it's always been the 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 anal, the analytical the analytical game of it all. It's uh, a puzzle. Me. It's a yeah. giant fucking puzzle. And you know, a lot of people, in my opinion, put put too much on. 
you know, for example, one of the things I'll say about my industry is that your industry is cyclical. You know, you're going to be busy, like bang out busy in the extreme months, and then you're going to be steady in the other months. And I'm like, that's a load of shit. And, and they're like, what do you mean that's a load of shit? And I'm, they're like, the de- dealerships, independents, I've been arguing about that for years and years and years, that, you, you know, it's cyclical, you're not going to be able to change it. And I'm like, listen, this is an industry. Like every other industry it's on this market. planet is an industry. It's yeah. a market. It is a, it is a platform for people that say, okay, just because it's always been done this way. And then I looked into it. You know, I looked into it deeper and deeper and deeper. And what I found out is that the reason that, um, one of the reasons that the cyclical market market has been that way for so long is because every single branded dealership, for one, is marketed by the same company. 77% of, of independent automotive facility sites are operated by one of three different marketing companies, and it doesn't matter where in the country you are. So what you have, essentially, is you have a market that's basically got four companies, both on the branded end and the independent end, that are all ripping each other to shreds. Question, what the fuck sense does that make? Who are, you, who are you helping other than these four marketing companies who've decided right. the automotive industry is too stupid to figure out what the fuck we're doing? Right, because you're all the dumb mechanics. Right, all just like the... exactly. So I said, okay, you know, and, and I learned back in 2007 that the way things were going were not going the way they need to go. So I decided that we're going to start looking and we're going to change. And then in 20. 10 we we made one decision and then 2014 we moved on to a company who markets for it doesn't matter if it's a company like CEI or a company like the ACC for sports or whatever it is because marketing is in many many ways marketing it's not marketing for automotive it's not marketing for sports it's not marketing no, they for don't give a shit, CEI they don't, they don't give a crap either you're good at what you do and you know how to do it or you don't and the point is, is that what I what I get, and I had a meeting today, I had four people on a team. One was a director of strategy, and I'm gonna shout them out. Uh, the digital awesome marketing company. If you if somebody can can get with them, they need to get with them. They're great. Um, but the I had four people who are all in charge of different steps in my success, in charge of that, rather than talking to a person out in out in Silicon Valley who has no idea about my market. Right. They're who I'm competing good. with someone else that also pays them. Yeah. Like explosion of brain cells. Like I I don't so so you're looking at it and you're saying to yourself, I want to create my own success. And I think the thing about entrepreneurship that that I think a lot of people fall off a trail, if it's not when things get hard is when it goes from the philosophy to putting the philosophy into functional practice. Right, you can, there, there's, a, there's a thing Alan Watts says, a man that thinks all the time, all he has is thoughts. Right. Yeah. You can fucking think about it. Right. That's why, like, um, it, one thing that annoys me, and I'm going to actually throw the Alzheimer's group under the bus a little okay. bit, because <laughs> because they, they're they all about thinking more. Right. Think more. Like, use your, you, you have to use your mind. You, you have to think more. I'm yeah. Like, you're using the wrong word. 
You need to learn more. Right. Not think more. Right. Why is the grass green and the sky blue? That's thinking. You can think about that for fucking a thousand right. years. You'll never <laughs> learn why the, I mean, other than studying the science of why the grass is green, right. which we already know. Yeah. And you can look up if you want to. Right. You don't have to think about it anymore. Right. You can actually just look it up. Right. And why the sky is blue. Yeah. You have to straight, you have to stress yourself. You yeah. have to struggle. You have to like challenge your brain. You have to work hard. Yeah. To build and maintain this thing. Right? It's a muscle. You yeah. have to fucking use it. You can't just sit around. You know, we're putting our elderly in homes. Right. And they and our world's gotten so busy. Right. You know, or this we're glamorizing the busy thing. Right. So now we don't have time to go see grandma at the fucking nursing home right. anymore. And she's sitting in a chair by herself with a bunch of other older people for like ten years and you can't figure out why her why she's lost her mind. Right. Like I'm I'm just like no, I mean it's 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 a super fair it's a super fair connotation to the to the topic. I mean, it's it's a that's a really good example. But I'm, and I'm thinking through your example. I mean, it's it's a it's a really excellent point because the the learning aspects. I can remember when I made the when I made the change from a marketing a marketing dynamic that wasn't working, and we were putting money into something that wasn't working. And I went to another one. Somebody asked me the question, how do you know it's the right one? I I I did my due diligence and the gut the thumb in my stomach went up and I said, Okay, cool. Great, that's where we're going. And it worked. And it doesn't work. It didn't work because I'm omnipotent. It didn't work because I can screen people better. It worked because I walked in a room with a guy, four guys, and had a conversation with one of them. That made me say, that's it. This is the place. It's not all of you. It's one of you. And it worked. I wasn't being sold something I didn't need. I wasn't being sold to at all. I was basically being pitched in a way that I would pitch somebody. It's my decision to hire you, not your decision to hire me. Yeah. And that's and that's the point. And I mean, when I talk to clients... I don't tell them anything about myself. I think I think the most important thing that I tell clients about myself is that I am not a car guy. It's the most important thing I tell them. And some look at me like a, your dog when they're confused. And <laughs> right. some look at me like, that's awesome. And my point is simply shops are run like shops. Dealerships are run like dealerships. This company is run the way I want it to run. Right. It's ran like a business. Yes. Right, the business that does this thing. Right, exactly. Right, you're you're a business that makes coffee. Yep. You're a business that fixes cars. Right, you don't have to run it as long as the job's getting done at, yep. the, at the at the level that you want it done at. Right, then who the fuck cares? That's how my it's point. Done? And I mean, I, I made another point to a client the other day, and I said, listen, every one of my technicians is on a is on a salary is on a salary base, and. And they were they were very interested in that, and I brought that up in the face of a really rip roaring overcharge that that the client previously dealt with, and they're like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Because it puts me in a position where I can make decisions based upon the situation at hand, and not because I've got to feed the guy back there. I don't make any decisions in my organization in the moment because I've got to feed somebody." I don't make a single decision that way. So that's the best way, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? Like, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Because you're not having to go, well, fucking Bob's got four kids at right. home. He's got, like, no, here's your salary. Exactly. This and is what you got. Like, you're getting this. Right. All the time. Yeah. 
And the thing is, so many people in, well, in book work too. Yeah, like, like your accounting is fucking like it, it, you just, easy. You just know what it's. You just, <laughs> there's no. God, I've done so many fucking hours of payroll. Oh yeah, like, figuring out every time clock. And you didn't punch in. Why did right. you punch in? You punched out too early. <laughs> but, like fucking like holy shit. And 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 my whole point is the thing that that the client heard out of that, which I was most excited about, is they heard my guy's not back there making up shit that's wrong with your car. Because he's got to feed his kids. Yeah. That's the most important Perfect. thing. Yeah. And that's what the client heard, and that's what the client took with him. And the point is, for me, deep down in my entrepreneurial soul, I do that because I want to always be in a position that I can make a decision in the moment that I feel is right without dealing with 19 dominoes that are going to fall behind it. Right. We rebuild motors. We build motors. We rebuild transmission. We build transmission. Things that don't exist as machines to machines. And the point is, is that every one of those instances, you have a minimum amount of money you have to make on it to make money. Above that, I want to have the ability to dictate, okay, well, that guy just told me what the car's been through. I am not going to go try to get out of that guy every single time that I can get out of him. That guy that guy and I have had a conversation. I know that guy. That's a new client. Maybe that maybe that client is um maybe that client is in a different position. The point is you don't ever go to somebody with the especially in this industry to hit anybody over the head. You go at it in my opinion from the standpoint of you're providing a service and you provide that ser- service a certain way and that certain service costs a certain amount of money. The point is, is that that service is never going to, the price of that service is never going to be dictated by anything other than what it should be dictated by. Right. And this thing's broke. Exactly. It needs fixed. Yep. Right. Here's yep. the cost of this thing. Here's a much, here's our upcharge for the cost of this thing. Yeah. What I want to make on this thing. Right. Here's my hourly amount of yep. labor. Right. My guys are, like, you're taking an entire variable, like, yeah. multiple variables out of it. Yep. Because, Multiple, multiple variables. Yeah. Because you have the guy with the three kids yep. against the guy that has no kids. He's right. a bachelor. So he's exactly. like, but that doesn't matter. No, it, it, none right? of it matters. Like, and, you know, my my fa- my favorite part of the story is, you know, the, there's, and they came in today, and I will tell the story real quick because I, I was, it was completely unexpected. So we took in a 550 um, BMW car, been to BMW. BMW wanted, you know, $80 million to, to do something stupid. And I said, all right, let, let me get my hands on it. So I went over our last 10 average rebuilds of these motors and they're about 88 to 8,500. And I looked at the margins and I said, okay, how low can I really take this thing? Older couple, they're probably in their, in their seventies. They had really been put through the ringer by the dealership and an independent after that. And somebody gave them my name and they said, go talk to him. He'll help you out. You know, he'll, he'll understand what you've been through. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, give me the information. And I got the information and I said, look, this is how much a complete average reload costs. And I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do it for this. And and we left about 18% of meat on the bone. And we were able to do that because it has absolutely no bearing on what anybody makes. It's one. And we were still well within our profit zone. and But the point is, is that if I had to worry about what Dan or Mike or Jeff had to take home with them, I couldn't have done that. 
because right. they would never have agreed to do it for that amount of money. Right. But what, they don't have any idea. No idea. They have no idea. No concern. Yeah. No concern at all. And I mean, the thing is, they and know they're still going to do the same level of service exactly as and, they would if it no matter what. Right. And I mean, what happened today, and and what one of the things I love about the older generation is they absolutely show a certain level of um, appreciation, in a little more open, outward way than the younger generation. I think. So, so as I got, far as the customer goes, oh for sure. Okay, yeah. So I got I got a text and I was I was in a lunch meeting and and it was from the older gentleman and he he said um, he's because my cell phone's on my email signature, mm-hmm. um, and he texted me and he said are you going to be in the office around two o'clock and I'm like I'll probably be I'll probably be there by then he's like cool, him and his wife and he told me the story about his wife and about how. She was just concerned to drive it. She really wants to drive it. She loves the car. We're willing to invest this money to rebuild it. Um, she had baked two dozen cookies. And they brought the cookies to my office. Oh, wow. And I'm like, after I walked out of my office with the cookies, because I invited them into my 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 actual office. And after, after they left, with, and I'm like, it's not yes, it is great to have a little old lady bring you cookies. There there you've done something right here. Yeah. But for me, what it's deeper than that. I do part of the entrepreneurial idea for me is that I have the ability to make the decisions from the hip, from my chair that I never that I'm never sitting in. Um from my chair to be able to generate a response that way. Where you look, you look five miles that way and five miles that way. You've got every branded dealership you can think of, yeah, and none of them have the ability to do that, right? And it doesn't well, matter. They're, they're so controlled by people outside yep. of them. Yep. Right. They can't even make the own decision on their own because they're like, so, I can't, I can't adjust anything no. because they told me they tell us that we have to right. charge this much. Exactly. Exactly. And you know the the dynamic is is that. It's how you want to build a relationship with people, and I mean the other thing that I that I think is that I think is horseshit is when people say entrepreneurial entrepreneur entrepreneurism is not about it's not about relationships. Fuck you, it's not about relationships. We robots. It's all about robots. We robots now. We are because like that's that's what the world we've created is just like we we've sterilized love out of the world. Of course, and it's like there's no like there's no relation. You're not creating a, a. any sort of like relationship. Right. That's what I was talking about earlier. It's like my the the what I do with my clients. Mm-hmm. Like my client the other day, like the one that I was helping her with walking. Yeah. And I saw her today. That was the walking thing. The the one before, I finally figured out something that like triggered her in her brain mm-hmm. to think differently. Okay. About something about like the whole reaching thing, like right. getting bigger, like seeking things, and like wanting what you're trying to get. Right. And we did this whole session on that mindset and doing these movements and stuff like that. And she got up and she had this like beautiful smile on her face. She was bright, bright eyed and just had like a glowing face. And mm-hmm. I was like, the smile looks really good on you. She goes, yeah. the smile is because of you. And she gave me a hug. And I was like, just, you know, like. It, it, it's it, it, it's the same feeds, dynamic. It feeds that, that, that gut feeling. It yep. feeds, like, why do you get out of bed? Because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I, why do I not eat for three days yep. some, at certain points because of that. Exactly. I mean, it's there's not because be- of fucking money. No. No, no, no. It's because, no. It's because that the, the people that come to me with this, that, that leave with, with a different facial expression. 
that that I've actually had people leave angry mm-hmm. before. Not angry because right, of me, right, right. but because they've been in pain for 10 years. Yep. And I go, well, try this. They're like, what? Yeah. And they're, they're fucking pissed off yep. because, like, why didn't, like, one the other day, your knees has been hurting. They mm-hmm. want to do surgery, replace your knees, and, like, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, so I worked on it the first time. I was mm-hmm. like, try these two things. Yeah. Next time you do the steps, just try these two little tips. Like, I don't, there's no guarantee anything right. fucking works. Right. But I was like, based on my experience, try these two things. Yeah. And she came back in and she goes, why did anybody tell me that two years ago? Well, there's no money in that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you want to be real yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, very, very similar thing. It is, it's the reasons. Now, whether it's for me, I, I strongly consider it more my ability to organically get someone to a certain point. I mean, I have, I, 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 I can honestly say, and I have no problem saying it no matter how it sounds, we rewrite people's opinions on the independent market all the time. And the reason is, is because we do it, you do things, in my opinion, to the extent that I know, the opposite of of, of systemized medicine, right? Yeah. You're 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 going after the things on the entire scale that could impact your client in a positive All way. It. All of it. And for us, we follow the same scale. Like we're one of the people, for example, that we will rebuild your engine for twelve thousand dollars rather than to have you go buy a twenty six thousand dollar one from the dealer. The dealer's not gonna do that. And it's simple. People want to overcomplicate it. Oh, it can't be done. It has nothing to do with it. They built it with the parts that they have in their own freaking building. <laughs> right. The reason that they won't do it is because someone in Germany or maybe in the state somewhere said there's no money to be made in the inefficiency of taking the 45, 50 hours it takes to rebuild that engine versus the 16 it takes to throw one in the car. Yeah. Drop the old one out, throw the new one in. Yeah. That's part, the answer. Part, part changer. Right. Why they do why they do it like that comes down to anal, it comes down to analytics the same well, reason that what I do comes down to analytics. Right. It's just your data. Yep. That's the whole thing. It's like data has and I love like we talked about this. Yeah. Data is amazing. Yeah. Like cuz you can just fucking you can you can keep critique you can, yep. you can take your whole thing and you turn it into like a big giant math problem and like and you can just keep Adjusting it however exactly, but at some point you've overridden human nature. You've overridden the the love aspect, the the power of love, and and all these things, and gave the computers to say right. No, that's fair. And now you're saying like, oh, because uh, of this margin, Mm -hmm. yo, sorry, we can't help you out. Right, right. Because this margin has to say this margin because this margin that has no feelings whatsoever matters more than you do right you know and and there's there's so many there's so many things and i mean i i'm gonna i'm gonna generally pop off real quick because i i think that sometimes things have to be said organizations that i compete with every day they make a conscious and i think this is true in every industry they make a conscious decision that they're going to take certain people that are the quote-unquote easier ones to make your money off of than some other ones because they're inclined to 
let they're inclined to follow you down the path until you give them a functional reason not to. And I think that that my problem with that is it gives a lot of other it doesn't matter what industry you're in. And this happens, yeah, a lot more on the independent side because you're dealing with much looser models, much looser analytics, into that nature. But there are companies that I could be with every day that really are thoroughly invested in the art of ripping people off. Yeah. I mean, just ripping people off. And I mean, I come from arguably, I don't come from New Jersey, I come from New York. I come from arguably the second most ripoff capital of the planet. Um, there's there's somebody looking to get over on you every which way when when you're in that environment or any environment for that matter. Right. But the way I look at it is there there is a there's an amount and and, and I'm not going to say some like less of a ripoff is better than more of a ripoff or better or the opposite or the opposite way. But the point is is that I look at industry, a company, operating a company as a certain level of responsibility to it. You have a certain level of responsibility to what you do, how you do it, to your clients, to your employees, to your people. Don't ever tell me, and I've heard somebody justify it by by saying I can take care of my people better. Fuck you. Like, well, if you have to, dirty, if you that, have to like... rip people off in order to take care of your people, get better at your job. Yeah, You know, just I get agree. better at it. Totally fucking agree. Get better. Yeah. Because it's because, not because you're 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 disrupting this whole system. Right. You're disrupting the system that works. It, that's work that's kept us all alive for fucking ten million exactly. years. Right? Exactly. Right? So your your idea of trying to do the right thing for the people you hired, mm-hmm. well maybe you hired too many fucking people. Right. Right. Maybe exactly. Need, maybe they need to work a little harder. Right. Exactly. Right? Or maybe you pay like I don't know, but you can't rip you can't steal from one person to give to another right. person. Right. Right. And, and, right, and the that's thing, not how this all fucking no, works. And, and the whole Robin Hood mentality, the reason there's not a guy running around in tight shooting arrows at people is because it stopped working somewhere in the 1700s in Sherwood. So the point is, is that there's a system and whether you want to get, get, get aggressive about it from the, from the philosophical side or from the moral side or from the just, just the sheer analytics of it, you are going to eventually fail. It's going to catch up with you. Which is why you're 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 finding your own invoices posted on Facebook and things like that because people are finally catching up to the process, and I mean I think what it is is you know one of the things that I'm very um, proud of technology for doing is because before all the technology before the smartphone just take a picture of your invoice throw it on Facebook Instagram whatever it is a lot of this stuff goes on for a lot longer. But when you're able to put the information that you have instantaneously out there, yes, it also brings some negatives of the same connotation. I mean, oh, as far as like being ripped. Oh, off. for sure, getting yeah. ripped off, being yeah, because you yeah. can share with that. You that's why like, I think I think it was Gary who talked about it. He, yeah, because he was like these giant corporations mm-hmm. are now being held to almost some of the same standards yep. as like a mom and pop yep. shop because you can get thrown under the bus exactly because. Like, Here's us. If I do a wrong thing, mm-hmm. ten people, twenty people, maybe fifty people on social media might attack me. Yep. Right. But you have this corporation that has the influence over tens of millions yep. of people. That if you do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing or whatever, mm-hmm. you're going to be attacked by three or four million. Hundred percent. I mean, so Apple. Apple just agreed to pay five hundred million dollars for 
throttling cell phone data. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there's there's so many ways technology is kind of even the playing field. And I'm a big fan of that. Now, the downside the downside to it for me is looking at it from the from the ripoff perspective, there are things in the, in every industry that if you look at, you know, the sales software, sales dynamics that you get with technology, what it really is is how to successfully rip people off. And my dilemma, my dilemma with it is there's a guy, if your company uses that sales software, there's a guy above you who's going to ensure that you're using that software to make the sales work, even if you can make the sales work without the software. Yeah. Because they can't monitor you if you're not using the software. Right. That's and, what happened to us when I was doing logistics. Because mm-hmm. it was just getting started where they're using like an AI type thing. Yeah. Where yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're collecting data to like, here's our suggestion. And they would give bonuses out to whether or not you, you stayed on the suggested right. path. Right. What the computer suggested you send this truck to to pick up and whatever. Or if you made your own decision based on what's actually happening. Right. 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 You know, and a lot of the times. It wasn't right. Though the computer was stupid. I mean, yeah. Because yeah. they're late. I mean, back then you're talking, Jesus, 20 or um, 15 years mm-hmm. ago, 16 years ago. So, like, what we can collect now. Yeah. We're talking about automated trucks and shit. So, yeah. I mean, who knows where all this stuff exactly. is right now. You know, but you're not, that, that goes into the whole idea that you're accounting for just the technology to right. make the decision. This, this thing isn't saying, well, this guy's wife is sick at home and he needs to get home in three days. Well, yeah. fuck it. The computer says I have to send you off on another trip somewhere. Right. Right? Like, you know, screw your wife. Like, yeah. hope she doesn't die before right. you get home in exactly. like 16 days when right. they finally get you there. Right. Or when the computer finally says that I'm allowed you to send you. You can go now. Right. And, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's, a div- it's a difficulty because, I mean, I think one of the reasons that the people that want entrepreneurship and, and have that – so the only thing that can satisfy it is the the path of or the mountain or the climb or whatever word you want to use to describe it. I mean, sometimes it's a gauntlet, as we both know. Oh yeah. But you're you're going through the gauntlet without your own weapons. Oh yeah, yeah. You have no helmet on. You're, <laughs> yeah. No, no weaponry yeah. at all. I mean, and then you even if you had weaponry, you wouldn't know which piece you would need at that point in time right. anyway. Right, because it usually hits you before you. Even of know course. That so. And I mean, I, I've been in, you know, listen, I mean, I'm the kind of person that, you know, a lot of people try to put entrepreneurs kind of into boxes where some are very, um, some are very, um, you know, save the whales. Some are very, um, I want to take all my money and do this. That's not who I am as a person. I just think that there is a right way and a wrong way to do business. And that doesn't change because you're an entrepreneur. No, it doesn't change. You can be a business owner or an entrepreneur, entrepreneur at that point. Exactly. And guess what? If you do it the right way, yep. more than likely, your business is going to stay open. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. people tell more people or like yep. they, they want to engage with. They want to have a relationship with you. Yep. Right? You can feel that. For sure. Yeah. Right? Like you walk into a business that doesn't really want to like be in business and it's ice cold. In there. Yep. I mean, it's like, it is. And, and you know, I, I think I want to go back for a second and just um, make a point that we made a point earlier where – Entrepreneurs, if things don't start going, if things start going in a way that isn't right, they're not going to just you know throw their idea out. Right. But I think really good, really good natural entrepreneurs want to continue to tweak their what they've got going. 
because there's always get when you get hit in the face. All right, you know Mike Tyson said everybody's got a got a plan until they get punched in the face. All right, but I, I I agree with that. But I also believe there's a instantaneous reaction to getting punched in the face, and then there's the how do I how do I adjust this thing so I don't get punched in the face again. Right. You know what I mean? Like entrepreneurship, you, you don't you don't you don't find a new idea when your ideas get hard, but you don't you know keep walking up to Mike Tyson and saying punch me in the face, please. Right. So you're, you're supposed to learn from exactly, exactly. So you know as long as you don't have too much brain damage, you have the ability to go back and do that. And I think that I those things get those things get I think skewed. I think people get to the point where. Oh, if, well, if you're changing it, it's this. And, and if you're not changing it, you're dumb. And I'm like, okay. So I, what I want people to look at is people that are the are the actual, like, beginning versions of what, like, entrepreneurs are today. Like, the actual entrepreneurs. And I want you to say to them, I want you to ask the question, yes, they've had failures. Why have they always found a pathway to success? Because they're just... They're, they're idiots and they just you know put their head down they oh, they're kept lucky. going they're just no right <laughs> the point is is that they they took every failure and they put it that nugget in their head and they went to the drawing board and they said okay I've got to apply these nuggets that I learned every step of the way and they're going to get me to a point where I have experienced so many hits that I can now put these things in position to to protect me in a way from some of the things that I got punched in the face with with my company beforehand. Right. And the other thing that I find uh, find very very interesting, it's not it's no it's not lost on me how many entrepreneurs from where they start to where they actually meet their success, it may have changed a lot, it may have grown a lot, it may have gone private, public, whatever the case may be. It's more often than not having something to do with their original endeavor not their eighth but their original endeavor that they finally got right yeah. and made work no absolutely and that's where they blow up and make their and make their freaking money you look at somebody like you look at somebody like Mark Cuban right Mark Cuban was a college kid who decided that we need to find a way like I want to listen to this game on the radio I can't afford to go to the game but I want to do it over the internet and it doesn't exist. Well, the reason he became so passionate, so successful off of that is because he gave a shit about it. Right. He really wanted it. Right. It was something that he fucking wanted. Right. And you look at something like he goes on Shark Tank and he invests in companies that he can thinks he can make a lot of money doing. And he invests the appropriate amount of time, which is not a lot, in all of them. And that's I'm not knocking him. He owns like 300 companies. But, he, you know, you can invest a lot of hours every day to all of them. But the point is, is that it is the reason he hit his home run on what he did is because that's his pa- that was his passion point. That was his passion entrance into this. Right. It was, okay, I'm doing this. We're Broskin, Indiana, Hoosiers games, and all these things are great. And then we broadcast this now with that now. And then Yahoo became a thing, and Yahoo was like, okay, here's $4 billion. You want it? We want that. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I'm sorry. I'd take the $4 billion too. I'd have no problem with that. Well, no, because something like that, you can like 
you know, let them have it. And yep. they go out and start. Well, well yeah. And then the great thing is they're still doing they're, they're still doing the reason that you started it. It's just growing it bigger and better and faster and stronger. Right. And I think that there's so many different ways to look at entrepreneurship, but I think there's there's a lot of ways to not look at it. And I think probably is the best way to surmise it. I mean, it's not about the money. It's not it's not about a car, it's not about a plane or a boat or whatever. I mean, I don't knock anybody that have them. I hopefully will have one of each. That's that's my hopes in my life. Yeah. But for me, it's not what gets me out of bed. My thought is not can can I get can I get a really uncomfortable, really expensive sports car? No, that's no. not my thought. Um, my thought is I get to go to an into an environment where I've got a dynamic to to create in every decision that I make. Yeah, it's a, it's a constant exactly. Process. Like when it's I go to like... the goddamn bathroom, what like in my dynamics, like when I'm sitting in a meeting, I make a decision to go to the bathroom when it is the most effective time to go to the bathroom. Like if I have to go, I have to go, right? Okay. Right, but, but you're the, not going to interrupt the conversation. No, I'm not going to interrupt the no, conversation. You're hold it. Right. Really... And if I'm and if I'm really trying to make a point, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make the point and then I'm going to go to the bathroom and then I'm going to let them think about it. I get to control I get to create right. any you're, dynamic I want. You're literally like I would say like um you think of the earth, the world like like clay. Mhm. Like even the even not just the things you can see that, right. that are like that are clay like you and me and all these yeah. things it's all claymation right, but even the space between the the, the clay yeah. matters because yep. the distance between you and I right now matters yep right so that's what people don't get like no. that's one thing I learned you know I got to learn it as a child mm-hmm. doing event planning right right here's your size of 10 it's 20 by 20 feet wide and 30 feet long mm-hmm. you can fit this many tables in it this many chairs around each table that we recommend so nobody's too squished together that they're not that they're uncomfortable yeah i gotta learn those intervals of oh for sure as a child really yeah. that space between a person matters yep yeah absolutely and, you know, and like it affects the relationship it affects yep. like you know other people's relationship it affects their time it affects the energy in between them yep you know, one of the one of the things that that I did, and it, it's funny. The more we branch into, the more as an organization, the more things that I find myself, you know, organically like free thinking about, and I really like that. But you know, when we had this big, when we had when we had our event with the Audi Club, we got a we got two or three of our biggest sponsors that only work in the Audi Volkswagen world to send us shirts, hats, license plate frames, oh, nice. keychains, whatever, great stuff, and. I'm thinking to myself, there's a lot of people coming up from Charlotte, from the mountains, from the beach, from Virginia, well, for, up by Virginia. And I'm like, how do I get all these people to interact with each other? So what I did is I put all of the looky stuff. So there were tables laid out across the room. And I put all of the stuff that people wanted to go and take at the furthest point away from the the door like at the opposite end of the room so if you want to go get that stuff you were going to have to either silently bump into people or you're going to have to interact with them yeah and literally one of the things that and one of the things that one of the um older ladies said was 
everyone interacted really well together and that's rare for a for a group that has chapters like smaller chapters all over the state and i'm like well i mean i'm not this is not what i do i don't plan events but i said i basically like almost like guinea pig you guys i I basically like put all the free shits over there. yeah all the free shits (laughs) over there go get it and you talk to each other you shared about it somebody jokes about what size they're not anymore and a t-shirt yeah. and you know all of a sudden like everybody's got emails they're hanging out on weekends whatever great cool well then you got people walking through with the stuff yep so even someone that's on the other end of the room sees like hey where'd you get that yeah exactly what's oh, on the other end of the room yep. and now you sent this guy that was just standing by the door yep over through all the people to grab the news the, the free stuff it's it's a listen the, the point about entrepreneurship that i think you and i can both say make is it will weed you out relatively quickly if you want to oh, really yeah. hang on to the idea that you're an entrepreneur. Um, and if you're not smart about it, it'll weed you out even quicker. I think the most important thing about um, entrepreneurship, though, is that you you have a much better chance of being successful in it if the reasons that you're, that you're in it or the reasons that you want it are not as fleeting as what's currently relevant on Instagram. Right. You can't, it can't be whatever a fad is. Mm-hmm. Instagram will never be a fad. Right. If you're trying to all of a sudden create a business, all these dropshipping businesses right now, like I see all the time. <sighs> right? I'm like, that's, I mean, is it entrepreneurship? I mean, I mean t- kind of, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, is it a, or is it a business? Right. Because right, because if all of a sudden you're not selling anything on dropshipping and you close up shop, and you go dropship something else, is that the idea? Right, like, like I don't, I don't get it. Like I mean, I don't, I don't really like. There's so much of that right now. Yeah, this dropshipping thing. Like you're just like you order all these things and you just resend them back out. Right. Like I don't, I don't even. Well, really we'll, get, well, get get this. So I'll, so I'll help because once a once a mm, once every three or four weeks we get calls from our four largest suppliers. And our four largest suppliers are warehouse suppliers, where they stock the 15 largest European specialty brands in the world, and we buy from them, and we buy in, in quantity, so we get the best deal and all that stuff. So my point is, is that I get a call from their wholesale distribution manager once every three weeks, and he says, in, in a message, you know, I just wanted to see if you're interested in, in, you know, creating this, which is the drop shipping. Now, the way the drop shipping works, at least in the automotive industry, you go to my site, you place an order. What happens is it's basically just a very me branded catalog, but it's really my wholesale supplier's catalog. They buy through, they, they buy from your site. Right. They buy from my site. The distributor has already made, the distributor, my regular wholesale distributor has made tape, like the brown tape with my logo on it. They've made labels with my logo on it. And they actually ship it directly to the client. I never get it. Yeah. I never even see the part. They just use the portal on my site to access a catalog they wouldn't otherwise have the ability to right. access. <clears throat> and then... The distributor ships it directly to them. We don't actually we don't, we wouldn't right. ever kinda see like, it. Kind of like the the Amazon right. Type thing and so. my whole thing is I don't the premise doesn't bother me. 
Right. I mean, it's a a business. Right. What bothers me about it is that I don't like businesses where you're 100% – at the at the mercy of other people doing what they're supposed to do. And I think there are certain ways that you can do it to limit the variables so you can actually control how you run that part of your business. But the without actually having to stock 9.7 billion dollars in parts. Um there's a way to put I think a personal touch on just about everything. Now whether it's we send something out to them from our end. Whenever we choose to do that, which we will, but whenever we choose to do that, I mean, the only way I'm w- really willing to do it, it's not rational for me to buy a warehouse and put $10 million worth of parts in it. That's just not rational. But the point right. is is that what I can do is I can find a distributor who's going to allow us to create our own swag boxes. Like what comes with it? Or create our own system where, like, as I got a, um, I got a, um, a, a turbocharger for a for an Audi that we upgraded, and we got it, and we opened the box, and inside the box, the top half of the box, was a different box. So you open the box, and it is, it's a black box, like really like super like special VIP sort of box, and you open it up, and there's a. There's a thank you card from the CEO. He didn't write the damn card. It doesn't right, matter. Right. What matters is picture of the CEO on the card, facsimile signature, really cool-looking aluminum keychain, really cool-looking aluminum license plate frame. You f- like, I felt a little bit cool opening that, and I get shit like that all the time. Yeah. But like, so I think about how does how does a kid that saved up six months to afford this turbo, feel when they open it up. They're like, damn, I made the right decision. You have no idea how that turbo is going to operate. Right. But you're already convinced you made the right decision. So but there... Yeah, but that, that shows that there's there's a level of care. Oh, for sure. You didn't just get a, a fucking turbo in a cardboard box right. wrapped in fucking bubble wrap. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like, you know, like the old uh, remanufactured like alternators yep. you used to get back yep. in the day. And exactly. Like that, you know? Exactly. Like, and I mean, I think the amazing part is, is that, you know, they they were a company for a long time that built everything in house, and they got to the point where they couldn't they couldn't rationalize it. There's just too many being sold, yeah. and you know, but the point is, is that they still found a way to personalize a very in in personal um, arena. Yeah. So. No, very cool. Actually, I'm going to share this with you because. Yeah. Of basically what we're talking about, yeah. the feeling, right? Yeah. So you text me today. Uh-huh. Well, Riot in downtown Raleigh. Sure. It's, it's a uh, Raleigh Internet of Things. Yeah. IoT. Yep. Um, so I've been, like, getting messages. I've been interacting with them. And, like, they had an event tonight, for, um, a Q&A type event for this uh, accelerator program they're going to start having. Okay. And it's all about technology and IoT and, and getting in front of investors and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had a they had a um, kind of a Q and A type thing tonight, and it was from six to seven. Okay. And then you text me finally about meeting up tonight. Yeah. Six to seven. And I was sitting there. I just walked out. I got my hair cut earlier. Uh huh. I know you don't have to worry about that, but um, <laughs> looks good. Uh, I'm sitting in my car, and I'm now I'm going. I sat there for literally ten minutes. Yeah. I'm going. Well, where? Which way do I go? Yeah. Because either way, I'm gonna I'm gonna benefit from right. their decision. Right. 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 
but that decision in your on your path, yep. your journey. Yep. Right? What if I met an investor that goes, holy shit, I want to give you $10 million to build this thing. Yeah. Tonight at this thing. Right, right. Or do I come and do a podcast with you? Right. And I always feel like I gain from the experience anyways. Right. So it came down to I was sitting there at a fork in the road waiting for this feeling in my gut to go, well, duh, you have to do that. Yeah. And it was, I just sat there. And like, yeah. It's, it was so perfect for this, this oh, conversation. Oh, for sure. Because it's, it was it's, like, yeah. You, that that's the that's the entrepreneurship thing. Is yeah. That, what would have happened? I don't. You know, Gary no talks about that. You know, right. Like, there's there's A and B. Like fucking pick one. Yep. Because no matter what, no matter how long I would have, I could dwell on the fact that I didn't go to my meeting tonight. Yeah. And I was here. I will have no fucking clue for the rest of eternity. Yep. What would have happened if I went there instead? Exactly. Exactly. No, it's true. You know? It's and true. Like, that's the whole thing. That's the feeling. That's the that's the decision you have to make. Based on the other thought I had in my head mm-hmm. was the, there's two words, situational awareness. Right. That's sure. what you're gaining from the failures. Yes. You're gaining situational awareness. This situation happened. I don't want it to happen again. I'm going to prepare for it next time. You get the feeling in your mind because this happened last time. Oops, yeah. Shit. No, don't make that. Don't happen again. So now you're like more sensitive to it. Sure. Right, so that's the whole thing about the failures. Yeah, becoming more and more sensitive to the things that you don't want to happen again. Yeah, so that's the situational awareness of playing in the forest. Yes, because entrepreneurship is just going out into the dark forest. It's not even and walk, lit. And walk, it's dark. And walking in the path, and have no fucking clue where you're going. Yep. So I joke with people all the time right now. I was like, you know, because everybody's so lost here. They're all in their houses. Mm-hmm. They're all on their phones. They're all binge watching for fucking four days. Yeah. Show, and I'm like. Holy shit, guys! Have you been outside? Yeah, it's amazing out there. Yeah, there's so many things happening. There's like it's it's beautiful. The sun's out. There's birds everywhere. Like, you know, like that's what I feel like. Yeah, I'm like I'm still like six years old, running outside, going, running around doing all these things, and I come back in and like, mom, holy shit! You just, you'll never believe what I saw. Yeah, right. Yep. It, it's that's to me like yeah. that's why that's that's the the true feeling of it. Like I feel like I'm still six years old. Yeah, playing outside. Building cool shit, like building ramps to jump your bike over yes. or something like that. That's what you're doing as an entrepreneur. Is Absolutely. you're playing outside. Yep. You're playing outside, creating shit out of nothing, having fun, figuring it out, playing in life, and just fucking figure it out. Just, just, and that's the bottom line. I mean, if you want to be really good at being an entrepreneur, you're gonna be really good at figuring it out. Yeah. And, and so and so far, I say we've done pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pretty content with exactly. where I've gotten so far. You Me know, too. like. I'm not fucking rich by any right, uh, any clear shot of the word. Yeah, but do I feel like I'm successful? Fuck yeah. Yes. Like, I, yes. I would I would pay anybody. I would pay to watch anybody in the same exact situation mm-hmm. do what I did the last year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No. I mean, and it it's it's it, it takes it takes a certain level that I that I understand and and premise, but in in terms of the the putting the functional work in i mean what you you've been a, you've been an amazing success over the year and i agree with you it's it's like i'd like to see someone who hasn't gone through it go through it that yeah. sort of thing right i mean like i mean i'll add this on the end of this just so fucking yeah. everybody realizes the perspective of last year to this year mm-hmm. a 12 month period i saw i was losing the lease mm-hmm. on the office or the sublease because right. the person that had the lease was leaving. Right. 
And she goes, if you want to keep the, the, the space, you have to talk to the landlord. Well, right. in this case, I had no credit left because I had worked on my own shit for so long. Yep. I had no financials for my company yet. My, I could barely pay the rent at the office. Mm-hmm. could barely pay rent at home. My car was in repossession. Every bill I had was a disconnect. Everything I had in credit was in collections. Right. I literally had negative money. I had no money in my account. I was mm-hmm. living on literally sometimes not eating at all or living mm-hmm. on a two-day-old pastries from a coffee shop. Right, right. And I go to the landlord and go, you know, here's my deal. I have this thing. I've been working on it for a few years. I think it's going to work. Here's a great idea. Like, what do you think? Yeah. And he goes, well, do you want to try? Yep. And I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck are you going to take? Like, yeah. Like, at that point, like. You're going to say no? Like, like, my attorney told me two years ago. He goes, there's nothing more dangerous than a man with nothing left to lose. Right. Because I'm 100%. like, what are you going to take from me? Like, right. If I bankrupt everything by not taking a chance and not ever knowing if it was going to work. Right. Well, to, to add to the end of the story, 12 months later now, I just paid my, my rent at home is at zero. Every bill is at zero. The car is paid off and, and the rent at the office is at zero. I'm not fucking rich, but fuck, man. Like, it feels good. It feels I, real. I had, a, I had a 480 credit score when I started this a year ago. Yep. <laughs> right? I couldn't even go to the bank to yeah. save my ass. Like, it's, like, um, it's no, I mean it's it's a it's a great it's a great way to end it because it, it shows I think ultimately where we were at the beginning, which is when it gets really really difficult, you learn about how entre you actually are versus wanna. Yeah. Because I mean you you had you had many available and arguably rational outs in the process. Oh yeah. You just didn't take them. Yeah. So and that and that I, I certainly. Away. My dad was like, well, "Why don't you just go back and work out of your house?" Again? Yeah. And I was like, "No, because then I'm going backwards." Backwards. No. Nope. No. No going backwards. backwards. Nope. No going backwards at all. Yeah. I think that's I... a perfect ending. Yeah. It's fucking been uh, one hell of a ride. Hell yeah. So. Well, man, this has been. Uh, that that was a really good one. I felt really good about that. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. I look forward to sharing more with you on future episodes. If you need to contact me, you can reach me at anothernewperspective101 at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Have an awesome day.